to the Outside Centre Film Podcast. Myself and Ben got on a plane. We headed to early early 2021. Uh, and before landing there, we pre-ordered our Coyworst and Sauerkraut. I think Ben was a little bit confused of how pickled cabbage would work with a coyed sausage, but it did. Well, it's a little uh, tangy, a little tangy. A little tangy for his taste, perhaps, but we ploughed through it. Uh, and whilst he was being shocked at that, I was being shocked standing not at a bridge, because we're not at Rotterdam anymore. And I was checking my phone and saw that Cantemir Balagov had been awarded the Last of Us TV series for HBO, which is uh, based off a hit video game, should we say? Oh my so, God, in TV shows about computer games now. Is that we where we are? never see Cantemir Balagov ever again, because he, may, he will make a success of it. So he will be staying in HBO doing lots of other things. So that's yeah, that's concerning to me. But maybe he's young enough to come back to Russia. Uh, anyway, uh, that's a very brief shot of news that I heard whilst me and Ben were attending Berlin Arla 2021. So many films, Ben. So many. It was ridiculous. So many. To the fact that we've actually got a return ticket. Yeah. And we'll be doing one later on in the year yet again. Uh, but for now, we've got four. And we're going to go through them as always. And we're going to start off with something from South Korea. So would you like to tell us and start us off with... Uh, short Vacation, please, Ben. Absolutely. Yeah, so Short Vacation is the first film from a pair of directors, Kwon Min Pyo and Han Sol So. Um, I think pretty much everything that we have this week is a first feature, um, more or less. And this is a story about it's four students who form a photography club. There, there are three students in the club already. It's the, the new girl to the school. She joins the photography club. She doesn't have any friends. Um, she bonds with the other member, members of the photography club and then it's summer holidays and they get given a uh, task to do over the summer holidays, which is to take a photo of the end of the world. And although all the kids are using their cameras all the time, the teacher dumps a whole load of disposable cameras. Um, there's a, a delightful moment where he's kind of talking them through how a disposable camera works. And I was watching going, ah, I'm so old. It's a noise that none of us have heard for a long time when you wind the film. Click, it's click, been a while. It goes on yeah. longer than you'd think it would go on. <laughs> um, and so the girls are left with this, you know, um, taking a photo of the end of the world. They're not sure what to do. And then one of them says, how about we go to the end of the, 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 the tube line, as a Londoner would call it. Go to the end of the train line in Seoul um, and take a photo of uh, what's there. And then they go off. And this is the film. It's them going off to the end of the tube line. That is your entire story right there. Uh, a few little things get thrown in to keep it going quite nicely. Um, and this really won me over as it went on. Um, to begin with, it, it, it's slow. The, the whole film is slow. It's very quiet. But it really, really captured that kind of aimless... Um, those aimless summers that you spend when you are, I don't know how old these kids are, like 13, 14, but it, it took me straight back to the kind of pointless um, tasks that I did with my friends when I was like 13 or 14. We would just kind of amble around, not doing anything particular, end up in weird places. Uh, nothing dramatic would happen, which is exactly what hap happens in this film. Nothing dramatic happens. And the film is um, kind of punctuated every now and then by still images which are the pictures they're taking with their cameras and then the film itself features very little camera movement is kind of taken almost like a bunch of still images in it in its own way um and something that i am interested in because we, we've got four films about young people here 
and they're, they're all young people at different ages. Something I thought was interesting about the group of young people in Short Vacation is that we're really watching them as a group of four people. You never really learn anything about any of these four kids. You do, but not so much that any of them ever stand out and become their own individual characters. It's far more yes. about how a group of four people functions. In that, there, there's a split, there's a schism. There's a group of two and a group of two, it's discussed. However, you never really see it. It's just four people really kind of spanning time together and hanging out and just doing silly things and not having much money and having a nice time. Um, I, I, I really like this film. It's not my film of the month, but I really, really enjoyed it. It really won me over. Um, it stopped at exactly the right point. Um, and I just had a, a blast. It, it, it's one of those films that just as it went on, I kept enjoying it more and more and more and more. I was kind of indifferent for the first 10 minutes, to be honest. But as soon as the take photo at the end of the world thing started, I was like, huh, cool. And then the way that that, that carries on being the rest of the film is nicely done. Doesn't feel stretched. Feels believable. Um, yeah, I, I, I just had a nice time with your vacation, really. It was just a, a nice watch. Well, I knew that Spanish film that you made me watch was going to be a one-off. Uh, back to the shit film choices we go, young Benjamin. Uh, you use the word pointless, I agree. Uh, you use the word different, indifferent, I don't agree, because I wasn't indifferent about this film. I hated it. Oh. Um, it was a total waste of time. It was pointless, as you said. It was banal, but above all else, it was just dull, dull, dull. I, I see, I see where, you, where you're coming from. but There's think... nothing positive that I want to say about this dreary little film. I think there isn't. Sorry, the life of a thirteen, fourteen-year-old is quite dull. Um, um, it isn't, uh, and and even if it was, make a movie about something else. Don't make a movie about that. Um, uh, you know, as you said, all four characters were exactly the same kind of person. Yes. Yeah. Problem for me. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a problem for me until I thought, wait a minute, we're talking about a group of kids here. So this is like Stand by Me, but where none of the kids ever stand out. They're, they're all just they're all this they're all played by will wheaton um if if that makes sense i guess uh, right, the last time i saw a group of kids of this age in a movie was probably it's part one. Oh yeah uh, and i found them quite irritable in that film but at yeah. least there was stuff happening and there was a clown um, yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> if i remember that film correctly which i think i do um here um there's nothing no, it's there is literally nothing. nothing. There's no journey. There's no adventure. Um, and and what the, and what worst of all is that there's so much nothing that the conversations that they have, therefore, are critical. So you zoom in on these conversations that these four people are having, yeah. and they are just dross. Mm. Like there's absolutely nothing of value being discussed at any point until about the last five minutes. Yes. When it, turn, minutes it turns heavy. into a, I mean, I'm going to spoil it because I'm not going to recommend it, so I don't care. Um, it, it's it's grandfather's fighting in the war kind of stuff yes all being and, buried in the same cemetery exactly um and that just it's a conversation that happens randomly and i thought okay there's actually a semblance of something to this film all of a sudden but that for me is not good enough like i need more like one hour 20 for, for the for there to be something that happens in the last five minutes just simply isn't good enough it's not what i like to watch uh, and as i say, i'm not recommending it basically um oh. it's uh I, the 25 seconds of that does not justify the one hour, 19 minutes and 35 seconds of everything else, basically. 
fair dues. I, I really like the like little insignificant stuff, like getting the seaweed stuck on the teeth and finding the whole film is insignificant. That's the problem. <laughs> if you had if you if you had lots of stuff happening and then the seaweed moments, I'd be like, oh. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. What's the saying here? But for every for, for the whole part of the film to be nothing, like yep. I mean, the, the, honestly, the, the, the last time I saw a film like this was when, way, way back, presenter original presenter Paul Dark. Yeah, he used to make me watch all sorts of nothing films, uh, some of them from Finland actually, and he he used to defend those, saying, "Oh, but it's fine. It's it's never fine. It's never fine for there to be nothing. In the vast majority of cases, for a you know a interactive medium, nothing, you know." hypothermic needle we won't get into all of that but oh, uh, you know we are we are active people not passive uh, this is a passive film yes and it's for a passive audience and i'm neither of those things but well, certainly not the latter anyway i'm definitely not a film either uh, <laughs> but uh, no it's um i'm afraid to say this just this was a total disaster for me and a film for a film that's about taking photos at the end of the world watching this film ben was like staring squarely into the abyss well yeah then they, they never do it they they never i mean it, the film is realistic in the, the there's no point in here where they take a photo which summarizes the end of the world they're they're little kids they can't do it um and their pictures are a bit rubbish which i kind of liked i liked that there, there, there was no kind of breakthrough moment um it there's a kind of like you'll know this there's a thing running in asian cinema about how okay we didn't we didn't do it properly this time but if we you know put some hard work into it maybe we can achieve our goals mm-hmm. it's a message which i quite i think is quite refreshing to tell young people instead of like if you want it enough you can have it um and this this film was just you know kids who are not quite there yet um in in any respect and i uh, uh, i had time for it 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 broke it, it it got through to me but i can i i would not defend it to, to the death but if, if, if anyone out there wants a kind of like super 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 chill film about little kids being little kids this is it but i mean yeah again i would argue that this is not little kids being little kids this this because the, these are four young girls um, yeah and that that should have more going on than this um and essentially it's just reaching the end of the train station line yes and, uh, then, and, and, for... and then getting off and then sleeping and then that's yeah. the film it's yeah, like it, I mean, what what is this? What is the actual? Um, I I I've got I've, I'm sorry, I've just got nothing else to say about it. I've got zero right. time for stuff can, like this. It's just appalling. On. We can move on. Irredeemably bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think at that I think at that point of the proceedings, I'll just I'll just glared at you from across the uh, across the courtyard where we were I'm watching doing, this. <laughs> I'm doing double thumbs up straight back at you. I know, and I'll, I'll, I'll literally just get, I'll get the plate that we've just had the sauerkraut on and I'll just put it squarely onto my own face. <laughs> uh, but then we moved on, as we always do. Then we moved on. We moved on to Stop Zamula, which is a weird title. Um, and I think I know what it means, but maybe we can talk about that in a bit. It, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I have an idea. It's, a, it's, a, it's some sort of a childhood game and stuff. Yes. But uh, anyway, Stop Zamula is the Ukrainian classroom coming of age drama that you didn't know you wanted, but you absolutely do need it. It follows a classroom, 11A to be exact, 11A. So we've got a little number and a letter there, so we know which class it is, uh, which puts them at approximately, again, young, long short vacation, but these are a bit older. These are about 17, mm. according to me. Uh, mostly a student we follow called uh, Masha. Now, the last time we had a film with somebody called Masha in, it won film of the year. <laughs> That'd be Beanpole and that'd be Balagov. So, you know, 
always listen, folks, because things always come back full circle. Uh, anyway, yes. So we've got Masha this time too. Uh, but we're not just following her, we're also following her closest group of friends. And uh, to be quite fair, a lot of the other classmates as well. Like yeah. when it takes, when not most things take place in a classroom normally, you just focus on the one or the three. Well, here we've got pretty much everyone with a focus on the three. Uh, but you do get to know about a lot of the others as well. Uh, anyway, so not just with the narrative itself, going about its business, about the three and what they're going through at that age, at school, in the class and everything else. Um, but what's interesting is that the film also takes place via um, interviews that take place with a school counsellor. Um, these kind of happen intermittently. So like Short Vacation has um, stock old photographs now and again, just to break up whatever story it thought it had going on. Uh, this does the same, but with interviews from the school counsellor. Was that something that you did at yours when you were at school age, Ben? No, no, we never, we never did the, these before. I when when those scenes come in, up in this film, um, th- before the end of the film, I was ninety nine percent sure that these were camera tests with the actors. <laughs> yeah. <before they> asking. <laughs> they, them yes, they are filmed that way. Yeah. It turns out that's not the case at all. Uh, well, actually, because it, it struck a chord with me because I um I, we, we did that and you put your hand up if you wanted to do it. And then the two, the two teachers at the front of the class, they kind of surveyed all of the people that put their hands up and they were whispering to each other. Okay. So they were deciding on the most suitable candidate. And I wasn't chosen, Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it sticks. It sticks. That's it fine. It burns a little. It burns a little. Uh, but I, hey, I'm on a film podcast now. Yeah. So whether people want to hear what I say or not, they've got a choice. Whereas before, I was just flat out rejected. I was <laughs> certain as well that the, the person asking the questions is Katarzyna Gornestai, the filmmaker herself. I reckon, uh, I reckon that's her asking the questions. Yeah, sure. So that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, so that in itself was just a little bit of an interesting thing. Um, and what can I say? Uh, it does pretty much all the usual stuff you'd expect for a film of this type to do. There's exploration of, you know, sexuality, drugs, alcohol, relationships, all the rest of it. Who likes who? Who wants who? Uh, plenty of other films obviously do this kind of thing and have done this kind of thing um, but actually there are f- a few things for me which make this stand out from films of its type uh, and in this week it's my film of the month uh, fir- firstly and foremostly this is a film about mental health it doesn't beat you over the head with it there's just plenty of little things throughout the film that takes place that just remind you that this is a film about mental health uh, who's suffering with what, who has something who hasn't got anything at all, uh, who historically in their young lives has had some trauma. Uh, like I love the, there was a shooting scene, Ben. Yes. Um, that, and I love that because that was one scene where we, again, this film was all about subtlety, where we learnt about something from one of the characters that had obviously gone through some sort of conflict. Yes. But, um, and it's but, only about, again, like everything else in this movie, it's about five, six, seven minutes long, and then it quickly moves on to something else because there's just lots more people to see. Uh, but that was a nice little scene where we just learnt about one of the main trio of friends that had something that you wouldn't necessarily expect and uh, that went through and it was a nice scene uh, but there's lots of other lovely little nuancy moments of this in this movie um another thing to mention is is the actual choice of class in this movie what is 11a who are 11a specifically they are biology or, mm-hmm. or rather we see this class in biology lessons most of all well there's your link to mental health obviously mm-hmm. uh, and the body and exploring all that kind of stuff and the but, biological form of stress as well that comes yeah. up in one of their lectures. All that stuff's in there that we've all, I've all uh, mentioned already. But there's another form of biology, and that, of course, is geographical biology. 
uh, botany, if you will, because this is Ukraine. Uh, there's not a lot of green about the place, and the film makes a good point of mentioning there's not a lot of green about the place because it keeps showing you outside where there's not a lot of green at the place. True, true. <laughs> um, well, and, what, and why does that matter? Because it's a mental health film, and we all know that nature has a role to play in that. So it's mm. the body nature and it's nature nature, bo- both yeah. all the way throughout this movie. And that, um, that, so, the, the icy leaf on the window as well. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's, there's re- little subtle references all the way through about those two things. So you've got mental health and you've got nature. The other big thing going on in this movie, Ben, and it's probably my favourite of the three things, is yeah. art. Yeah. Like I, I mentioned the classes. I mentioned biology. The other class that takes place uh, with this group of kids is PE. Now, what's that got to do with art? Well, it's not just physical activity for mental health, again, uh, but specifically the sport is badminton. They mm. could have chosen any other sports, but it just happened to be badminton, the most balletic of sports. And it's quite balletic, really, with movements yeah. and, and generals. And uh, there's quite a few scenes where they're just watching people play badminton and how one of them, I think Masha it is, um, plays better when she's in a better state of mental health. She's actually mm. able to execute the shots and stuff. Mm. Um, and in fact, the, probably the scene of the, of the whole film, Ben, is right at the beginning. Uh, yeah, the, it, it, it's a dream badminton game, right? Yeah, it's it's a playing badminton in the wind, and you've never seen nothing like it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just an extraordinary looking scene. Um, and again, so there you go. You've got mental health, and you've got nature, and then you've got art, kind of the artistic, balletic nature of badminton. Um, and that's not even to mention the actual art in this movie, where there's a reasonable amount of piano. Yep, yep. Um, it yep. cuts away occasionally to the trio and other class members on stage by themselves. Uh, playing piano uh, under a, a spotlight focus on stage mainly um, sure, but yeah a lot yeah little concertos that just take place for not not more than a couple of minutes um so you know if you're ukrainian or eastern european the piano is incredibly important mm. so it's you know to summarize all of this in a, in a way for a podcast uh, this film is about ukrainian teenagers discovering themselves fine mm-hmm. uh, but they're also about discovering each other fine but above all else, Ben, for me, there's about for them discovering their own country. Mm. It's a really polished, really accomplished, thoroughly enjoyable film. Uh, as I said, it's my film of the month, and I would buy a street, actually, with what happened for the rest of this month, uh, buy an absolute street, it's film of the month. Uh, I'd heartily recommend this. Yeah, I, I also heartily recommend this. This is this is my film of the month, too. I absolutely loved it um, uh, immediately. It, it was an absolute privilege to spend yeah. two hours in the company of these teens. They are so nice. Um, you've seen teen coming of age films before, and you've probably seen stuff like this before, but I don't think you've done it. You've seen it done this way. Not all these uh, various combinations of things going yeah. on. Yeah, there'll either, either, either be a mental health thing and that's it, or yeah. there'll be a relationships thing and, and that's it, or or whatever. This has got three or four things going on all at the same time here. Yes. And the relationship the relationships thing never sours the friendships no. thing, which is really nice. So um yeah, the, I I heartily recommend this film. Also, while watching this film, uh this is basically my teenage years. Um but, <laughs> but happening in 2021 in the Ukraine, which was very strange for me. Uh, there's one character in the movie called Senya who is basically me as a teenager. That was very wild to see. Uh, he's even got the same bedroom set up. Uh, <laughs> same, same, same social group, just hangs out with the girls all the time, gets accused of being gay for hanging out with the girls all the time. I was like, oh my day, Senya, get out of my past. 
Um, <laughs> as this film went on, I started thinking about how we've got all these kind of like generational um, uh, conflicts going on. So we've got Gen Z versus millennials and boomers versus Gen X and stuff. And I was watching this thinking, damn, this is my teenage years. And this is also my kids' teenage years. And we all go through the same things. And it just it got me thinking about how we, we all have the same life experiences at different ages all the time. And then at the end of the movie, you've got your main girl. She's not really the main girl, but main girl-ish, Masha. And she starts talking to the person behind the camera who's doing these interviews saying do you have any emotional memory of what it was like to be my age are you still the same person or or is this just a kind of distant memory or and then she stops and she goes oh I I don't know what to say I'm saying this wrong and I was like no 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 for me this is the point of this movie um there's there's something eternal about the teenage experience that all of us have that I think makes this film, for me, it made it terribly relatable. Yeah. Really, every single thing that happened in this film happened to me as a teenager, including trying to get the person out of the locked bathroom, like everything. Um, it was it was just a joy, and it's just it looks so good. It's such a, a delight. It's kind of like a like a, a, a it's a film as a piece of music, like as an album almost. That there is no story whatsoever. Um, you're just watching these teens spanning time together, and yet it's yeah. really compelling and and just just absolutely fascinating. I I also particularly enjoyed the the look at the their parents as well, and how kind of like different and embittered a lot of their parents were. It it brought me back to something. I'm gonna I'm gonna reference Kierkegaard, Theo. It brought me <laughs> back to something Kierkegaard said in Fear and Trembling about the essentially human um, and about how the, the essentially human allows each generation to know itself completely and to know every other generation completely. Um, so, it, you know, we talk now, you go on BuzzFeed and they're talking about millennials versus Generation Z, but Kierkegaard was talking about how each generation knows itself and knows each other generation perfectly, but they don't mingle and they don't really learn from each other. Um, and there was a lot of that going on in this film, and I mean that both pessimistically and optimistically as well. This is just a, a, a freaking delight. Um, I can't recommend this film enough. Uh, it's film of the month by a country mile. Um, I'm very excited to see what Katarzyna Gornostai does next. And yeah, so Stop Zemlia is some kind of game they play. It's kind of like a safe word, like a like a tap out word or something. Which again would link into the fact that a lot of them are having sort of trauma like what Masha herself is having a trauma related blackout. Yes. And she continues to have them and it plays in with this game where you actually have to, you kind of, you you play around. And then as soon as someone says, stop Zemlia, um, you kind of fall down or something, I believe. Or did the game stops? Or the game stops. That's it. The game is over. It's it's kind of like double tap if you're doing judo or whatever. Yeah. And they're, they're all having some, they're all going through some kind of trauma, bigger and smaller. Um, like you know, one of them, his his vision is is getting bad. Like other people are suffering from depression. Senya has obviously been through something deeply unpleasant in the past to do with guns. We we never learn what it is. Um, they they've all got something going on uh, for them. It's but it's so played out. Honestly, this is so relatable. This uh, this is a great um family movie get if everyone around get if you've ever been to school you'll like this film and yeah. i mean that they the, yeah. the do a day out at the science thing oh my uh, and, 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 and pe- people go into little cubby holes and play pranks and stuff like you've seen it you've either done it or you've seen someone else do it 
Yeah. And that's yeah, like, yeah. that's the same throughout the film. You either know someone or you are that someone. Yeah. And I was so delighted that this film never, ever strayed into territories where the, the friendships became jeopardized by something that, that never happened. So you, you never no. get you, you never get um, friendships stretched to breaking point. It doesn't happen. The friendships remain. Um, and it doesn't and that, have it doesn't have to happen in movies, whereas right. a lot of movies will make it happen for drama. Well, actually, and as much as I was calling out for something to happen in short vacation, this is what happens when, quote unquote, you don't have to have any drama for, for, for narratives to kind of develop because it's, it's just, it's laid the table for you so beautifully yes. with all these people, all these locations. And yes, I'm glad you mentioned the cinematography because it's an astonishingly beautiful film. Yes. It really has no, it has no right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're in a classroom, you occasionally head outside, and I mean occasionally about three or four times in about two hours. You're in a, you're in a party later on, mm-hmm. which we'll come on to in a bit because I want to talk about that party. Okay. Um, and... Where else are you? A couple of bedrooms here and there? A kitchen, the, the, maybe? The school dance at the end. Yeah, uh, it, they are just astonishingly beautiful shots. Beautifully shot. It's just it's incredible, cool. really. It feels to me like we're going through a period of time which is very much um, the hallmark of one cinematographer... I can't speak English. One cinematographer, uh, Benoit Deby. I don't think I've ever lived through a period of cinema where the look of films is so influenced by one particular director of cinematography. So Stop Zemli has a, it really looks like a Benoit Deby film. Um, if you've ever seen any of Benoit Deby's work with Gaspar Noé or Harmony Corrine or even with Shia LaBeouf for crying out loud. Oh, no, it's not as Eaton's story. No, that's Natasha Breyer. But she's that doing... is not the first time he's come on this podcast, by the way. So that's she... a bit of a... I think, you can... I think we mentioned him in passing in like 2014 or something. You've got to mention Shia every now and then. <laughs> but um, the Benoit Deby look in this film of using coloured lights... Um, is is very strong but it doesn't feel like a rip nothing in this film feels like a rip everything feels original and germane to where they are it, it it's all good like i can't honestly 10 thumbs up we stuff. can we can probably talk for another 15 minutes or just on this film. What i mean about... uh, I, I, I wish we won't because we've got two no, others to do no. but i will mention the dance party the school party the end of year thing essentially is what it is yeah um and it, overall this film reminds me of supernova or rather what you and previous presenter yeah. um, Paul said about uh, that film. And that is, it, it always wanted, it always did what you wanted it to do. Yeah. From from beginning to end, you, you started to kind of follow the film in your own mind. And what you wanted to happen next always did. Yeah. And for me, even though I had no reason to, thankfully, because of the quality of the of the care that this film was was had under the director and and, every, and edit, editing team and cinematographer and all the rest of it, um, I just had this just just I've watched too many of these films before mm. where I just thought there'd be this massive kind of happy clappy kind of oh we've been through a lot but you know here we are at the dance party we, uh, the end of, end of year party we're going to have a really great time here everyone's going to get with the person they want to get with and it doesn't happen that way no <laughs> to say the least in fact lit, putting your coats on talking about being accurate oh my goodness the amount of time that we've i've wanted to to, to be that person mm. where i had a plan in mind i was planning mm. for it i made myself you know staring into the mirror music playing yeah doing all of that right tonight's the night tonight is the night i'm going to finally make the move on the person yeah. And then when you get to the end of year party, you just stand around. Yeah. <laughs> even even in even in close up, it, the moment happens in close up, and yet nothing happens. 
And the fallout of nothing happens is that nothing continues to happen. It's not zooming on the person's face going, oh, look at the regret all over that person's face. No, there is no regret. It's just normal. I loved as well (laughs) Senya's passing little comments to him, like you're blind. Um, Yes, that's right. And and then it zoomed in on his face and he clocked that he, yes, indeed, is... He is emotionally blind to what's going yeah, on around him, just uh, and just I, and and that scene was beautifully shot in general. Like the music was yeah. odd, the music was weird. The mu- yes, I yeah. One thing I I, I I'm not going to put this as a mark against Stop Semlia, but I I lived through the 1980s. It was an awful time. But did you uh, live through 1980s Ukraine? I didn't live through 1980s. <laughs> Ukraine, but I just like please, please everyone, stop putting 1980s music in your. Movie. <laughs> it was a horrible time. It was just about getting burned with fags, and there's nothing really possible on TV. Um, I, one thing I wanted to mention about the party that I, well, I the whole film I noticed was that each in short vacation we have a group, and in this film we have a group, but each person is individualized really really well yeah. not just as a character but also um makeup and hair and costume that it's so well done that you can see a character walk in the background completely blurred and you know who they are because everyone is given such an identifiable look yeah. all the time um that that i thought was particularly brilliant it's not like the thing where you've got like 12 men standing around in duffel coats you don't know who's who you know who's who immediately all the time and that their characters come through in how they how they're dressed how they behave how they talk it's it's it's, it's that is not easy to do it's filmmaking so, yes and the bit the big thing i mean i should reveal now that i actually watched i mean i watched this film before i saw short vacation me too so, of all oh, right um so for me very clearly there was a there was a problem there <laughs> um, that being said you didn't and you you still were able to get something out of short vacation regarding characterization and stuff i, I me, try my hardest with everything I'm, I'm always looking for the positive yeah but i, I mean it, short vacation made it too difficult for me that was yeah. the problem whereas yeah. this it, this was just an absolute yeah uh, I, I mean even pushing two hours i would normally argue that oh, you can maybe lose half and no not this time uh, like every single thing needed to stay in even the artistic the, the actual artistic scenes with masha playing badminton in a black and white kind of well it's a dark room but there's a, a enormously bright white light going on yeah. or her uh, dancing or the know. dancing and it, it's um it's all it's it, ah, it's just an absolute spending thing and uh, uh yeah no one's an asshole in this movie and that's a really pleasant surprise that has to be repeated but my final final point on this before we move on Catalina Gornish dies 31 years old bro Oof. She's, she's 31 <laughs> years old but but she's she's got a fair amount um under the belt she's done a few a few yeah. shorts or something she's done some shorts at least but again like uh, Kantemir Balagov who's 30 I mean now we've got Ka- Katalina Gunnestar who's 31 yep happy days um yeah. we, we've the, the Eastern European is Eastern European cinema is in a really good place right now with these two um and actually Katarina Gunnestar did biology herself at school by the way that makes sense yeah. so it's not as if she's just cooked all of this up she's put her own life experience in there and who knows who's Maybe she's Masha. Maybe she's Senna. Maybe, maybe she's one she's, of the others. She's she's also she did a masters in documentary filmmaking, I yeah. think. Well, and yet this this does not feel like a documentary. This this feels like cinema. In many uh, ways, you'd probably think she'd start off her feature length career with actual with an actual documentary then, because it's probably well, the easiest thing she knows best. But no, not at all. It's uh, an absolute humdinger of a movie for yeah. Berlinale twenty twenty one. Beautiful stuff. See it when um, you can. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, 
Jesus Egon Christ, which is a lot. I do like the title. I'll give you that much, Ben. Jesus yeah. Egon Christ. Jesus Egon Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus Egon Christ is the story of John <laughs> Candy as an errant uncle being forced to look after his niece and nephews. And hilarity ensues. It's, it's no, that's not this movie. Uh, this is the debut film from brothers David Vider and Sasha Vider. Who are graduates of philosophy, and I am torn about how I feel about this film. So it's... I'm not, but we'll move on to that in a bit. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> it's it's 51 minutes long, um, too long for a short, too short for a feature. It's a funny length. Um, I was left thinking, is this a one hour? If you plus adverts on German TV, I don't know. Mm. Right? It's it's the film about a man called Egon who is somewhere on the spectrum um, and he is in a rehab center and there you go that's the film um, <laughs> it is heavily influenced by the work of Harmony Corrine so if you've seen yep. Gummo and Julian Donkey Boy they, they came to my mind literally within about seven seconds of the movie. Yeah. Um, if you've seen those two films, then you've seen this film. And so... We talk about those on the Dogma specials. We do indeed. Is there anything wrong with someone going back to Harmony Corrine and kind of and paying homage there? No, not necessarily. Does Jesus Egon Christ push cinema forward into a new place? I, I don't know. Um, so we, we just watch Egon as he's at this rehab center where, like most rehab centers, they encourage you to put something, a higher power at the center of yourself. You, you're only, you're only going to kick alcohol or narcotics if you, if you introduce a higher power into your center, um, because other, otherwise you'll go straight back to it. So that's what's going on in this film. You've got a kind of a priest who's encouraging everyone to find Jesus, um, and to, to just go through some kind of day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, there's a variety of characters in the film who are also going through rehab. Um, in particular, there's Ben, who I loved. There's Angelo, um, who I thought was great. Um, there's Jenny, who I thought was great. And then you've got Egon. And Egon is so far on the spectrum that you never kind of break through to, and to learn anything about him you don't know why he's here you don't know what his substance abuse issue was you don't know how that started you don't know how he's finding the experience of being in rehab um he, he's taking the all the the jesus stuff and he's he's going to a weird place he's kind of you he's he's bringing it in and allowing himself to to not do things he doesn't want to do specifically have a shower he doesn't want to have a shower and jesus tells him not to have a shower um it is shot like a documentary um it's intercut with still images of the characters or video footage of the characters with a little kind of whispery voiceover about them and what they've done which again it like it's it's a it's a photocopy of gummo and yeah. julian donkey boy um getting an american musician to play your lead character in a german movie who's someone on the spectrum <laughs> really not sure how i feel about this but then did i have a problem in julian donkey boy with you and bremner playing julian no um do you learn about julian in julian donkey boy yes do you learn about egon through paul arambler's portrayal no I don't think we really minded a German actor playing a certain somebody in Julian Donkey Boy either. Um, well, this is the other thing as well. Like, if 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 it's not enough to reference Gummo and Julian Donkey Boy endlessly, they also throw a chicken in, which is Werner Herzog's go-to yeah. 
yeah. weird animal. And then mm, and then mm. came in as well. And I was like, oh, guys, come on, do do your own thing. Um, but at the same time, is there anything wrong, wrong with referencing things that have been before? Not necessarily. I'd also like to add as well that, thank God, I have not been through this experience in my life. But I do have friends who have. And I have visited them in I've sat in their circles and talked to the other people in these places. And I've met some of these people. So specifically, I've met Angelo. I have spent time with Angelo. And the the people who are in the rehab center in this film are quite clearly people who have um, experience in abusing their bodies in one way or the other. That this is not fake. And that's kind of like one of the things I'm kind of I'm not sure how I feel about this. So they filled this film with people who clearly have substance abuse problems of one type or another. And then they've put this musician at the center of it who we don't learn anything about. And I'm not really sure what we're supposed to learn from this experience. Um, I did not hate this film at all, but I, I just I'm ambivalent as to how I feel about it. That's an entirely yeah, that's entirely fair, um, and I'm pretty much the same way. Even though I do come down a bit more strongly on surprise, surprise, the negative feeling oh, about oh, it. Oh. Tell me more. Um, but but that is pretty much it. it. It's essentially okay. Yes, Julian Donkey Boy Gummo. Now what else have you got? Now for them, they obviously think that Julian Donkey Boy Gummo is enough. Mm. For me, I, I put it to I put it to one side within about two minutes. It's mm. like if you watch a Danish film that has a bit of magic in it. Okay, fine. Okay, I know I know who you're referencing here. Now, what else have you got? Mm. Like, let, let I just, it's not that important to me. Is what I'm trying to say. It's it's mm. it's fine that you've done it. It, it I, I know, I you you've proven to me that you understand what you know unique and interesting cinema that you what you've got in your collection essentially yeah. as directors what you like. You've told me about that. That's absolutely fine. Now I'm going to sit back and I'm going to wait for you to impress me yourselves. Yeah, and they didn't. Um, as you said, uh, it's 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 both too short and too long. It, you know, it's basically you know, it's a project for me. That's the problem. It it just feels like a project. It wasn't a movie. Yeah. There is no beginning, there's no middle, and there's no end. Which is sometimes that can work very occasionally, but more often than not, it has to be a film, and therefore we would like a beginning, a middle, and an end, please. Or I would, anyway. Mm. Um, again, no character development, really. No drama, particularly. No. no com- but the worst thing is, for me, that there was actually no commentary going on. I don't think this film was actually saying much at all about anything. Um, I wouldn't say there was any commentary on society, on this system, or that system. Um, is it, Are you even talking about German society in this? Are you talking about the German mental health? Um, sister, uh, nothing really for me. I didn't really pick up anything at all. Um, it, uh, so basically, in in keeping with this movie, I'm keeping or this project, I should say. Mm. Um, I, I'm going to keep my review in the realm of brevity as well. So my final words are: I have no idea what this film's raison d'être is, other than quoting other directors. Nor, frankly, do I care what this film's raison d'être is. I'm not recommending it. Not that it'll ever get released anywhere, because why no. would it? Um, it's not going to get picked up by anyone. So good riddance, basically. And barring literally one enjoyable scene where a female character, what was her name? Um, Jenny or something. Something like that, yeah. She was wearing an EU shirt. So she's wearing a shirt that was blue with yellow stars all around it in the form of a circle, i.e. the EU flag. And uh, she was just laughing into the microphone. Oh, yeah. So that's the EU being voiceless. Okay, that's fine. Get all that. 
Uh, but what else have you got for me? So it ended up being nothing, just like I've got nothing else to say, really. Um, it's, you know, I want to criticise the directors for, um, you know, making this film too short to be a movie. Mm. Uh, but I also want to praise them for making this film for being too short for a movie because I don't think I could handle much more than 51 minutes of it. No, it's, so, nev- it's never as bleak as you think it's going to be. It's in- never as anything as much. Uh, you, you just can't. Surely you've got basically you've got a room full of, you know, people that have issues and you've got a slightly questionable team leader in all of this. Mm. And you're just waiting for some little thing to happen. And it doesn't really do it, I mean. You've also got like the odd moment of sport uh, or odd physical kind of activity that happens, and he threw some darts from over his shoulder or something. Oh, the, yeah, the the room where you keep the drum kit, the dartboard. That's it. The the therapy stuff. But, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and and that happened, and it passed without incident, just like this whole kind of thing passed without incident. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned the chicken thing, and thought, okay, 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 fine, fine, fine. Let let's just have something happen that I can remember this film by, other than the fact it's still all about length. And it just didn't give me anything. No. So, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I mean, we had to, in a way, we, we sort of had to do something German for Berlin Ali. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I don't mind that as much. Uh, and I think we should come clean that this wasn't one of your original first picks. No. Uh, you had technical issues with two other films that you wanted to watch. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> 2021, internet baby. Oh, yeah. yes. So, yeah, um, this is the third pick. So this was not my original pick. So uh, I'm not going to be overly harsh on you because you so. did very clearly not like... You did, You went for two other picks first. Yep. So I think even... So, uh, maybe the length was stopping from you from thinking, hmm, not sure about this. Yeah. Uh, but... Nah, you know, it's all about stop assembly this week. Let's be fair. So it's it's, it's all stop assembly. I just, I don't like the the directors here are both philosophy graduates. I feel like there's mm. there's obviously something that they wanted to embed in into this, but I, I'm I can't see what it is. No, um, and that's that's a frustrating place for me to be. And I'm, I don't think I'm going to go back and see this again. It's almost um, as if, it's almost as if this is so entirely personal. Like the, the only thing that was meant for us as viewers is Julian Donkey Boy and Gummo references, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though that's for us. Everything else is for the directors themselves. Yeah. Which it, is fine, except you've just put it in Berlinale 2021. Yeah. It also it also felt like a, a, a film made of convenience as well. Like um, yeah. you know, we we've got we've got access to the local youth centre. Um, there are scenes in this movie which are obviously shot in the same location at the same time and then just cut into the film at different places so him egon being outside wandering around outside the center directing traffic and moving stuff that that all feels like it was shot in the, within the same two hour time frame and then just kind of chopped up and dropped throughout the movie various other bits in the film as well or just film like they, they, they've gone long on something 10 15 minutes and then just chopped it up and dropped it throughout the movie and then they've had a few center pieces um, the introduction, the the singing scene, the the the, the games room or something. Um, it felt like they they just shot what they could and then sp- split it up yeah. with a, a a very good editor. Um, I'll say that he yeah. did work. But yeah, I just yeah, I ha- I hated the fact that I kept saying I've, I've seen Gummo, I've seen Julian Donkey Boy, but I did mm-hmm. keep saying those words to myself over and over and over again. It keeps going there um it's it's quite remarkable and also and, and also early a little bit of early hanukkah as well um i, I got vibes of benny's, benny's video from this particularly early on 
yeah. maybe just the lead character and his kind of and the grainy element of the film and stuff. Yeah. But um, no, it, enough for that, really. And we spent yeah. far too much time on it. It's, let's, move, let's move on. We, we're distracting from Stop Zemlia and also the first third of the final movie we're going to talk about, which is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it is all about Stop Zemlia, plus the third of this film. So here we go. All eyes off me. It's time to finish off the episode with some hot steaming Hebrew action, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason for that. There's a reason to pick this, and I'll come on to that. Um, all eyes off me from Israel. I love Israeli cinema. We've, we've, we've done... Well, when you've got like... 300 countries of the world you know at least 170 of them actually make regular films mm. it's really hard to actually get all the films you ever want to get onto a year onto an episode onto a month etc yeah. um you know basically when you've got japanese and danish to contend with there's like fallbacks and stuff it's really hard to kind of give smaller nations a chance uh, we've done so much israeli stuff i love israeli cinema because we've you know the hebrew language stuff is always ever um, I, I never come away bored with it, basically. And that's predominantly because, um, unlike films that are made in the West, you know, Christian, Catholic countries, where the core modus operandi is very much one of forgiveness, obviously, you know, because that's, that's the Christian belief. The Judaism faith doesn't believe in forgiveness. It's, it's a firmly eye, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Interesting. Um, otherwise known as revenge. So those are always, always in the films. It, it's never about forgiving people. It's about getting revenge on people. Hence mm -hmm. the, Juda the Judaism faith, as I've said. Um, so here we go with All Eyes Off Me. And chapter one starts in this film with Danny, who is at a house party. And holy cow, did I love this house party. Like This house party was filmed with a month, essentially. Um, if the film was to carry on in this bent, uh, which it doesn't, then quite frankly, it would have been film of the month in its entirety. But unfortunately, it tails off into this weird thing, which I'll come on to in a minute. So, um, Dan is at a house party and she's looking for her ex-partner, Max, to inform Max that she she is pregnant. Um, Max, however, has already found himself with a new girl called Avishak. Um, so there's, there's a hint of jealousy at that point already. Um, so him thinking, right, you've got this triangle now, you've got a baby, you're in a house party. It's revenge time. No. Except that doesn't happen whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter two, we, instead of focusing on Danny, which I, 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 did you think we were going to focus on Danny? Oh boy, did I ever. So there we go. We, we instead completely forget Danny for the rest of the movie, the rest of the two thirds. And we move on to Avishak and her relationship with her new squeeze, Max. Um, their sexual endeavours, quite a few of those. Turns out a bit violent sometimes, a bit mm. too much maybe. A little bit. Um, bit. We we also learn that Avishag is a dog walker in chapter two, mm. Mm. but mostly endeavours of a sexual orientation. Mm. Mm. Chapter three, <laughs> uh, we literally yeah. after that, and it's a fair chunk. That another third goes. Uh, chapter three is the final chapter, which is when Avishag. Where's Danny? Avishag. Sleeps over at one of the dog owner's houses, battered and bruised after something from Max goes a little bit too far, mm. and uh, something else develops. Mm. And it's it, if it sounds a bit odd, it is. Yeah, it's a peculiar film, um, yeah. albeit one that I, I did I certainly enjoyed more than Germany and South Korea this time, but still odd. Um, and I really want to stress this: I wanted the movie to be all about Chapter One. Mm. I, I absolutely loved that whole party sequence, which includes a lengthy conversation right at the beginning of that party scene about the abortion process. Oh. Um, and 
Was so did you good. learn about the abortion process, Ben? Because I it, certainly did. I did. It was so good that I loved that abortion speech. So that great. was just it. It's a, it's a monologue about abortion that I don't think has ever been in a film before. It was just extraordinary. Um, that whole vibe of that entire first chapter gave off this spunky attitude that I've grown to love with Israeli cinema and its revenge uh, and stuff. And I wanted all of that. It doesn't continue in this fashion, as I've already said. Um, but it is interesting overall of how this film looks at Israeli youth yes. and how they are essentially, this, according to this film, culturally bereft. Yes. Um, in the second chapter, for example, Max, he spouts off some French and talks about a French episode he had in his life. Um, but he does it without conviction. He's yeah. incredibly bored, you can see. He's lost. He's, he's just it's kind of been... going from one sexual, sexual experience to another. He hasn't got a clue what he's doing in life. And as for Avishag, well, she tries to explain what she wants sexually from Max, and she's not really that interested either. You can tell she's getting bored. Yeah. Um, she walks dogs, uh, but when even when she's walking dogs, she's kind of sitting on a park bench watching like an Israeli X Factor video. Yeah. Um, whilst was... dogs themselves are having relationships, not not the sexual stuff, but just like hanging out and like there's, yeah. there's, there's, it cuts to a scene where there's two dogs literally sat next to each other that look like they belong together. Yeah. So this, this whole thing is about Avishag, what does she need, what does she want, does she know, not really. Um, she's desperate for love, but frankly, Avishag is also desperate for identity. It's an identity crisis film. Um, and at this point, we, we have an idea about who Avishag is from chapter two onwards. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil what happens in the final chapter, but it's just a bit weird. But the stuff that's interesting in it is the fact that she learns how to use a turntable. She oh. plays a game on her phone whilst dipping into a dirty swimming pool. She's obviously ripping off some sort of music video that she's watched, but the pool wasn't dirty and she wasn't beating up the celebrity who she would have been watching in that pool. And she was probably very, very beautiful. So she's just grasping at straws for any sort of identity, any sort of cultural connection she can have in her own life to anything else, be it music with a turntable be it with an older man for cooking, but of course he can't cook this particular man that she stays with. So she's just constantly looking for something else or someone else for guidance and for identity. And she's never able to find it. Um, there's a lot to unpack here outside of that too. I'm sure Ben, you can pick some things up, but um, my overall impression is first, third, great. Second, third, disgusting. Third, <laughs> third, third, odd. Overall, odd. Yeah, I, I, I would go along with all of that, really. It's an, it's an interesting in, insight about Avishag looking for her identity through screen images and trying to piece together who she is. I, I hadn't considered that. So, yeah, All Eyes Off Me, chapter one. Oh, hell of a thing. So good. Um, I really, really loved chapter one. I loved this <laughs> Danny walking around this party, talking to people. And it, it wasn't just the, the one speech about abortion. You get this, this speech that Danny does about shiny shoes as well. Um, the, the party is punctuated by people giving these kind of long speeches and not really listening to anyone else. And The music was a long speech, wasn't it? The actual song that they're playing, it's essentially a rap, but it goes on for ages, but it's brilliant. Oh, but... Yeah, and the, the, ra the rapper, I forgot about that bit. Yeah, the, the, every, everything in Chapter 1 was just wonderful. It really was. It was, it was really well shot. It's got that lighting, that's, the Stops Emily yep. Benoit Debbie-style lighting is back. <laughs> um, I thought Danny was a trans character to begin with, yep. but nope, um, she's pregnant. Um, and then chapter two starts and you start following Max. And I 
don't know where to begin with all my <laughs> issues around Max. I, <laughs> I haven't found a character this unlikable for a very long time, and I'm mm. not sure. I'm not sure you're supposed to feel that way. I don't know. Are we supposed to hate Max as much as I hated Max? Because he, he had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Maybe that's the point. Um, he, he, he needs slapping so much. Um, instead of him slapping other people, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's such an... Is this what young people are like these days? So the, the four films we have this month, it's young people at different stages of their, their youth. And all eyes off me, we've got the you know what early 20s, mid 20s kind of gang. Um, and Max is reprehensible to, to a degree that I, I just don't have words for. He's such an awful person. He has no belief system. He doesn't, no faith. He doesn't believe in anything. He'll just, he, he's got no respect for anything or anyone Pretty male director i should add so yeah, i think yeah, we are know. i think i think we are probably supposed to dislike max which is a job well done because we do yeah, i think yeah well done really hated this guy really did um the bit with the door where he can't get in the door and avishag has to let him in oh I mean, god yeah max, max yeah. is just a walking red flag yeah um however avishag does continue the relationship with him and then we get to chapter three when she stops answering the phone and blissfully max is gone from the film i was so happy about that um and then chapter three is fine and then something weird happens and i fast forwarded through it because i just couldn't handle watching it and then as soon as it stopped i went okay but let's go back to watching this movie um yeah love the first third really 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 hated the second part um picked up a bit in the third part something weird happens fast forward through it ends love your insights about avishag didn't consider any of that at all was desperately hoping that danny and the styles of part one were going to come back I, I, I can't even tell you I, I was literally hanging onto the laptop screen going danny, danny come, back. <laughs> come back danny this is your movie danny <laughs> and and all eyes off me um that's an interesting one it is yeah so where are we going with that i noticed that this is not Hannah benaroya's first film um she's got another film called people that are not me um that's interesting i've made two films they're called people that are not me and all eyes off me um obviously there's something going on here yes not sure what it was um desperate... I, think she, I think she plays the lead role in, in that for in that other she film does yeah yeah and then all eyes off me is this like so this is the film where i'm not in it so now no one's watching me anymore is it is it, is it, it, it does the title refer to her specifically or is the title about the, the characters in this film because it, it didn't feel like that so much i don't if know she does, if she doesn't mind yeah. if she doesn't mind i'm gonna have her on my watch list Mm -hmm. only if she doesn't mind (laughs) because i've seen enough Uh, basically two-thirds of this film eminently watchable particularly the first third as we keep saying there's something there haven't watched a previous film yet um maybe we'll get around to it at some point but i often don't because we've always got a full timetable but um it's um she can put a film together and that first third tells me again young yeah and you know we've got we've got something going on here yeah um that's enough frankly it's not yeah. it, it, it's not film of the month but it's fine it 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 it's it, it's won me enough for me to be interested in future films yes i was um, very excited when this started and the first the first chapter played out i was i was really like this is it this is going to be good. like i loved stop zemlia i watched i went stop zemlia then short vacation then all eyes off me then jesus egon christ um and i was really excited by part 1 i thought this is going to be great settled in 
and then Max, and yeah, and then Max, and um, guys are jerks. This is yeah. true. Guys which, are I, jerks. which normally I'd be a bit a bit um. Yeah. Oh really? We're not all that bad. I, I mean, there's a, there's an automatic defense that comes up, but actually, there is. Yeah. Thanks to Max. Thanks to Max. Yeah. I think I'm quite I'm quite happy to accept that. Um. Yeah. We have issues as a yeah. gender. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, Max. M- m- there there is no hashtag not all men <laughs> when you're watching Max. No. It's so awful. I mean, there's also a thing where it's like, okay, I mean, Abishak's quite attractive. I think she's. I mean, uh, we're allowed to have an opinion. That's fine. We can have but that. There, it's okay. there's, a kind of, there's a weird passivity to her relationship with Max until until she gets active and starts telling Max what to do, and then he does do that, and then she never answers the phone to him again. And it, is that because she she, mm. ne- she never wanted any of that in the first place, or is it something to do with who Max innately is deep down? I wasn't sure why she cut Max off. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, which, yeah. whichever it is it was but the the, the, the the relationship with her and max just wasn't enjoyable to watch i mean yeah. It, yeah. it's it, it's very full-on very full-on um very sloppy uh yeah. squelchy and yeah. stuff and, and thing of that ilk and it, it does get too far when it's actually like you know what this is this is no this is actually not enjoyable i, I mean it's borderline as it is to be fair because unless you're the one going through it it really isn't enjoyable at all no uh, but it's like um no this is this this needs to go yes and, uh, it's, and, and it felt i don't know whether it's actually true but it felt like the second third was the longest it sure did i don't know if that was just my experience of time um but it felt like the first third was the shortest and i know Part two is the longest, but maybe, maybe someone out there can go go back through the film and check for us the running time. Yes. Section. Irrespective I, of numbers and colons, it sure felt that way. So it did, and also the 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 long take aspect of the really unpleasant scene. It's all played out in wide shot, far away. You're just watching it play out, um, and that that kind of made it a little bit worse in a way, as well. And also that first chapter as well it felt to me like they were doing some amazing long take stuff going from room to room so well yeah i kind of fell asleep on spotting whether they were cutting or not they do slip a few cuts in there every now and then but it it, it feels like a kind of dardem brothers but 24 years old at a party it's hard to tell cuts during the night scenes yes that's yes. just a fact you can hide them because it's dark yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but it did and, and, and also flashing lights there yeah. were there, it was a disco so yeah. the the, light, the lights were distracting from any thin black line that may have shot that shot onto the screen. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it really it really got the feel of going to a party and and being young and being out there and just all those kind of like chopped up conversations you have with people and stuff. It it really nailed that. It made me kind of uh, <laughs> made me a little nostalgic for times oh, when you get I mean, together. Absolutely. With mm. rooms full of people and stuff, but yeah, definitely. Um, I tell you what, my, I I am of a mind. I mean, last year was proper rankings, and we had some almighty props. Mm. I just wonder because, um, as we round off now, we're gonna tell you that we're gonna do some Oscar nominations next month, and not just some Oscar nominations. We are only doing the foreign language Oscar nominations, all five of them. Uh, in one of the films that goes by the name of Another Round. <laughs> which I already declared would probably be film of the year last year um, when we mentioned that we'd be doing it eventually. So, you know, spoilers, it could be film of the year if all goes to plan. Or if it's the commune from, from Winterberg, it might just be a very good another round. Hmm. Uh, but most likely it could well be film of the year. Anyway, 
the point about that film is it's about drinking and stuff. And we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that in, in April. Don't worry about that. But party scene. Mm. I am fully expecting there to be party scenes in another round or at least some sort of public house drinking situation with music potentially because it's Denmark, whatever. Fine. I'm thinking this month's ep- party. in this month's episode, Ben, we've had yeah. two party scenes. Both of them were excellent. So I just wonder whether I'm going to have to do a little bit of a, a power rankings for party scenes on this year's okay. edition of the podcast. Well, I, I think, are we not going to throw in the party from Jesus, Egon Christ as well? As much as neither of us like the film, they do have it, a party. It, it, People it, it, sing it's songs. It's on the list. Okay. Along with, obviously, the first third of All Eyes of Me and, of course, the end of year dance I've, in a Stop Zemlia. I would also throw in the house party from Stop, Stop Zemlia as well. House um, party, yes. Parents yeah. away and everyone's around. Um, spilling a drink on the carpet. Oh no, what to do? I was sitting there yelling at the TV, get salt, throw salt on it. <laughs> and of, of course, maybe we should actually also have, still have our power rankings for props because we've got pebbles and that was an almighty prop. Yes. So yes. We, we had a piece of glass that could also be used as a prop. So yeah. mm. we've, also, we've also got in Stop Zemlia, we've got that, um, like I mentioned before, there's a, a, a ghost of a kind of a, a where a leaf has frozen to a window Darcy Lee. yes the prop yes 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 right so we've got two power rankings to be getting on with uh, <laughs> but before, <laughs> that's obviously that year so that's it that's Berlin Arley done for now um me, me and Ben have agreed that we'll be back uh, yep. we'll get on another plane yeah we will fly back and we'll more just stand bad. around thinking hang on a minute I thought we were going to do some more films and everything's shut off but we will we will do more films um, from Berlin Island 2021. But as I said, next time you'll hear us in April, we are, we, for the first time in podcast history, we are able to review all of the foreign language finalists for the Oscar. And we've got some from all over the world. So we'll be doing that. Uh, so we're taking a small break from festivals, but nevertheless, we will be back with them as well. So thank you for listening. And uh, stop, Zemlia. <laughs> <laughs>